Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. And I commend you. You um, got up on time and got here. Yeah, yeah. And you're not afraid of crowds, evidently. So, uh, way to go. Way to go. We're going to talk this morning about a subject entitled Treasure Hunt. Do you understand that your life is always seeking treasure? Because it's always going after what it values. Whatever you value your life, or the Bible says your heart will follow. Notice what it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them, rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. And here it is. Wherever your treasure is, the desires of your heart will also be. So whatever you value in life, your heart, and when the Bible talks about heart in this instance, it's just talking about you, your life, your, your emotions, your will, your, de- your desires for things. So wherever your treasures is, there your life follows. In other words, if you have an addiction, you de- that's your treasure, your life goes after it, doesn't it? It f- fills everything in around it so that it, you can have what you desire. Perhaps our greatest treasure is ourselves, our time. And if your treasure is your time, then you do everything you can to take care of your time and to get what you want when you want it. Make sure you are taken care of, you don't get hurt, you don't have anything wrong. And so if you value that, you treasure that, your life, your heart goes after it. And of course, there's this one thing called money. And if you treasure that, your life follows it, doesn't it? And the Bible tells us, you know what? A lot of our problems, at the heart of them is this love for money. It's the root of many kinds of evil. And so you and I have to understand our heart follows our treasure. Whatever you value, your life will pursue it and do everything it can to attain it. And therefore, what you value becomes critical, what you treasure becomes important, and the writer in Proverbs says, there is treasure in the house of the godly, but the earnings of the wicked bring trouble. So we're gonna talk this morning about how do I manage the treasure that God has given to me? Because everybody treasures something. Everybody has a treasure in life. We're going to use the illustration of money and some other things, but what what is your life going after? Well, I'm going after this. Oh, really? Whatever you pursue in life, that's what you value more than anything else. I hope that you and I would be a people who would value or treasure the things of God. And so how do we live that kind of life where that treasure is in place? How do I do that? How do I make sure that my life, my heart, is going after what is really valuable. Here's where we begin. God owns everything. Everything. There isn't anything that God doesn't own. Let me just take you through some scriptures real quick that'll just prove that. Psalm 50 verse 10. All the animals of the forest are mine. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. 
I know every bird on the mountain and all the animals of the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for all the world is mine and everything in it. That's pretty inclusive, right? Haggai, chapter 2, verse 8. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's army. Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. Let's just get down to where it really matters. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. God bought you with a high price. You must honor God with your body. So we come to the understanding very quickly, everything on this planet, God owns. It's his. I own nothing. I don't even own me. God made me. He has a right to me. He controls me. Everything around me is God's. And so if I think my treasure is mine, I have another thought coming, don't I? And so I have to understand that in this world that I live in, God is the one who owns it all. See, what you treasure, you want to own, don't you? You want to control. You want to possess. You want it to be yours. You want to protect it. And your heart goes after it. God says, look, everything that you in your life will ever come up against is mine. Secondly, you always have to ask God to guide you. God, since my heart is going to pursue what I value and what I treasure, I need your guidance in my life. I need you to guide me and direct me and to help me stay on track and to stay on course. God, I need you to direct my steps, the steps of the righteous order by the Lord. Notice Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. You are, you know, aren't you? Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. So God, would you guide me because I'm yours, you're mine, you own me, you, you control me, everything in life is yours, it's not mine. I need to pursue you and not all the junk that this world's telling me I need. So if God owns everything, there's a couple of things you and I need to understand and to put into place in our life especially when it comes to our resources. Number one, owners have rights. If God owns it all, he has the right to tell us what to do with it. Correct? If he owns it, it's his to control. It's his to put into place to do with what he wants. It's, he's the owner of time. It's not my time. It's his time. He owns me. I'm not my own. He has a right to put some responsibilities on me. He owns my money. I don't own any money. I don't own any possessions. They're all his. Owners have rights. Clear? 
Managers have responsibilities. Who's the manager? We are. I don't have a right to anything. Well, God owes me. God doesn't owe you anything. He owns you, but he doesn't owe you. And so I have a responsibility. God, what do you want me to do with your stuff? It's not my money. It's yours. What do you want me to do with it? God, it's not my life. It's your life. What do you want me to do with it? You're the owner. You've entrusted me with some care for it. How do you want me to be responsible in how I handle my life, which is really yours? How do I handle my possessions, which are all really yours? So God, would you direct me? Would you help me? Would you guide me in how I take care of my life? I don't want to live for me. I want to live for you because it's all yours. Now, we have a really difficult time with just these two simple points. We just really struggle with that because we think we own. We think we have rights. We think God owns us. And God doesn't owe us. We forget that it's not mine. It's God's. And you see, that starts from the very beginning of time. When you got a little one, two-year-old with toys and some other little one or two-year-old comes along, you know what happens? They start fighting over who owns what, don't they? And both of them are, it's mine. If it's mine, you can't have it. And if you have it and I want it, it's mine. I can take it from you. And I'll do with it what I want because it's mine. And when mom or dad begins to take that toy away from that little child, that little child screams, says, it's mine. Mom and dad can say, no, I bought it. I own it. I'm letting you have it. You're going to treat it nice. You're going to take care of it like I tell you to. It's not yours. And from that very moment, we live a life trying to possess things that don't belong to us. We try to possess a life. It's not ours. It's God's. And God has the right to tell me how to live. And I have the responsibility to obey. It's a very simple thing. God owns it. God made it. He directs it. He controls it. He knows what's best. He knows what it was made for. He knows how everything works. I think I do, but I don't. And so I have to live a life recognizing, you know what? God owns it. The owner knows what's best. He has the right to control it and demand of it whatever he wants. I just have a responsibility to do what he wants me to do. Pretty simple, but really difficult to put into practice, isn't it? It really is. Then, I need to manage God's possessions gladly. Let me just tell you a little something. God doesn't like grouchy managers. Well, okay, it's yours. I guess I'll have to do what you tell me to do. 
you know, I really don't like it. And, you know, I, I, uh, God, come on, you should do this. And, yeah. <laughs> and yet the psalmist writes in Psalm 118, this is the day the Lord has made. Whose day is it? It's his. And yet why is it we think Sunday's our day? Oh, a little quiet there. That's okay. Sorry. This is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad. Yeah. God, you made it. You gave it to me. It's all yours. I get the privilege of serving and managing it well. I have much to rejoice in. Now, if managing the things of life is a drudgery to you, then God is not properly in the picture. Well, okay, I know God wants me to do this with my time, but, you know, oh, okay. You've got a wrong picture of God then, don't you? Well, I know God wants me to do this, my finances and my possessions, and I, I know that, well, but I don't think it and I don't like it. No, it's God. It is a joy to manage the things of God as long as they stay God's. You see, um, I get to drive a car. It's not my car. It's God's car. He, he owns it. And if I park it in a parking lot and someone dents it, they haven't dented my car. They dented God's car. I always like these people when you pull in the parking lots where all the cars are here and you got this one lone car way back in the back it's trying to protect themselves because you know what? They've got a possession and they think it's theirs and it's not. Now, I have a responsibility as a manager to take care of that car. It's my responsibility to put gas in it. It's my responsibility to keep it clean, to keep it working. It's my responsibility to care for it because God wants me to care for his stuff. I don't get to trash it because it's not mine. Because you and I should treat other people's stuff better than our own, shouldn't we, many times. And so God owns it. I have responsibilities for it. And when you find yourself weighed down or discouraged by the things of life, it's time to stop and to look at, hold it. I am taking responsibility for things that aren't my responsibility. It's God's car. I get to manage it. God's going to take care of it. God's going to help me with this. What do I value? Do I value the car more than I value other people? Do I value the car more than God? Is this my treasure? And so I have to manage his possessions with joy. Gladly. He's allowed me to have. So I get to manage my time with joy. Oh, I got to go do this. Ugh. Oh, got this, got this. No, no, no. Joy. Because here's the thing. With God, there's always enough time. Okay, I'm the only one that believes that. You know. With God, there's always enough money. It's his. I don't have to worry about it. God gives, I manage, 
and I get to do it with a joyful, glad heart. Because where my treasure is, my heart follows it. And my treasure is not in the stuff that life brings my way. My treasure is in God and who He is and what He does. So I get to manage, I get to understand that it's God's, it's not mine, and I get to do it with a joyful heart and I need to be glad for it. And then secondly, I need to be grateful for what I have. You see, we live in a world that preaches the gospel as you always need a little more. That whatever you have, you need more of. Whatever you treasure, you want more of it. You go to the attic. Whatever they treasure, they always want a little more, don't they? You go to the person whose treasure is time. I just need more time. You go to the person whose treasure is money. I just need more money. And we forget to just be grateful for what we've got. Now I'll manage well. I'll do what God wants me to do. But I need to be grateful for what God has given to me and entrusted me with and not always be looking for more. Because if I'm always looking for more, I never enjoy what I have. I'm always wanting more. I always think I need more. I always got to get more because I treasure that. That's what I want. And my life follows it. 1 Timothy 6.6, true godliness with contentment is great wealth. True godliness with contentment is great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world. I watched all five of my children be born. Believe me, they brought nothing with them. <laughs> and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. In fact, do you know what's going to happen when you leave? All that's going to happen is the people around you are just going to fight over what little bit you've left. You know, that's the way it's going to be. So if we have enough food, okay, you, you, you've got enough food, let me tell you. I can look. You've got enough food. And clothing, thank God, you've got clothing. Let us be content. Now you see, if you've got the wrong treasure, you're never content with you always need a little bit more. Can you say Shopping. Evidently not. Okay. People who long to be rich, to have more, fall into temptation and are trapped by many, many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. People who aren't content go after things that all they do is make their life more miserable. For the Lord, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people, craving money, craving more, having a treasure, 
have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. You be content with what you have. And the issue is, we are all very rich. We all have more than enough. Don't want what others have. That's called coveting. You don't judge people by what you see of them or what you know of them. Because what I've learned in life, you know what? There are people on earth who look like they've got a lot of money. They drive a nice car and they have nice clothes, live in a big house. They travel, they eat fancy places. But when we look at your bank account, boy, it's hurting. And there's other people that I've known that wear plain clothes. They drive a junky car. They live in a simple house and they have all kinds of money in the bank. You never know, do you? Looks are deceiving. Don't be trapped by thinking other people have something you don't. You and I are called to be grateful for what we have. And you've heard me say it, I've said it many times. If you're not, if you're not grateful for what you have, you won't be happy with what you want. Because you'll never be grateful. So you and I are called to live a life that recognizes God owns it all. Here I am, I'm just the manager. I'm just the guy that God has entrusted with some things that I am required to use in a manner that pleases him, not me. And that means that I've got to be careful of where my treasure is. And I need to be glad for what God has given to me and grateful for what I have. There's a third thing that God requires of you and wants of you. He wants you to be generous. Why? Because he wants you to be like him. We serve a generous God. You see, if, you've got, if your treasure is your time, you're not going to be generous with your time, are you? You're going to be trying to keep it, aren't you? If your treasure is money, you're not going to be generous with your money. You're going to try to keep all that you can and all that you have to do what you want. If your treasure is pleasure, you're going to go after that and you're going to use all your resources to just have a good time with whatever you want in life. But God says, look, I want you to be a generous people because I'm a generous God. God loves to give. And in your treasure is in the right place, you will be a giver, not a taker. Proverbs 28, verse 22. Greedy people try to get rich quick, but don't realize they're headed for poverty. 2 Corinthians 9, 10. God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. So in other words, who's the provider of everything that we have? God is. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Why should God give you more if all you're going to do is waste it on yourself? Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. God owns it. 
God gave it to you. Don't be stingy with God. Be generous with him. And as we manage the things of God and be generous with it, you and I understand that God just keeps giving more. There's this Luke chapter 12, he tells a story. A rich man had a fertile farm and produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. He said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. I'll have enough room to store what what all my wheat and everything that I have and all the other goods, and I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you know what? You have enough stored away for years to come. Take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Who's he thinking of? Himself. That's all he cares about is me. What am I going to do with the bounty that God has given to me and the blessings that God has given to me? I'm just going to store it up and I'll live off the fat of it and I'll just eat, drink, and be merry. I'll just enjoy myself. I'll just take care of me. God said to him, you fool, you will die on this very night and then who will get everything you work for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. All the treasure we lay up in heaven will have to be done while we're down here. And the great use of life is to spend it for something that will last forever. You can't take it with you but you can send it ahead. God never asks anything of you without first giving it to you. And then when he gives it to you, he will start asking you to use it for him. Because it's not yours. And God always leaves more than he takes. We say it a lot, you can never outgive God. Every person in this room has two kinds of treasure, has two kinds of accounts. You have a treasure or an account here on earth. Let's call it a bank. You have a place physically on earth that is yours where you store the treasures of your life. But do you know that there's also a bank account for you in heaven? That God has established on your behalf? And he says, here is this account for you. I'm keeping it for you. It will be safe here. Remember our text that we started with? You don't have to worry about robbers breaking in. You don't have to worry about rust. You don't have to worry about things being eaten away by the moss. You don't have to worry about that. It is safe here. And whatever you deposit here will be here for you when you get to heaven. But your money on earth, it will come and go. We won't talk about the stock market and what it's doing. And if we're not generous with God, you can build a bank account here on earth, but be bankrupt when you get to heaven. And so God says, here's the deal. 
I'm at a place where I want you to be generous. I don't want you to store up because I have plenty to give to you. I own it all. And if you manage it well, your resources, and if you manage them in a way that pleases me, I will make sure that you always have enough. In fact, I'll make sure you always have more because I can trust you with that. I can put it into your place. 1 Timothy 6, 17, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is so unstable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all that we need for our enjoyment. Why does he give it to us? Come on, we just read it. So you can enjoy it. See, if, if you're managing God, you get to enjoy it. You get to be glad. I get to enjoy what God has given to me. If it's yours, you don't get to enjoy it because you're spending your whole life trying to protect it and trying to get more. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works, generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so they may experience true life. God says, look, I want to give you more. I, I want you to be generous. I want you to work at helping others and taking care of others. I don't want you just thinking about you. I don't want you trying to possess. It's all right to have. I want you to manage it in a way that is right to you and right to me. And I'll bless you. I'll take care of you. In fact, I'll give you more. In fact, there's places where God says, you know, if I give, I will pour out a blessing on you so great you won't even be able to contain it. Amen. And you see, if you're a generous person and do what God wants you to do, God will bless you so much that other people have their treasure elsewhere will begin to complain about how much you got. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that the people who don't have much, who have wasted what they've got, who have allowed treasure in this life to control them, and they end up squandering the things that God has given to them, and they're always behind, and they never have enough, and they're always trying to do more, how critical they become of the people God has blessed? And all they have to do is come to a place where they're really, you know what? I've had the wrong treasure. I, I need to make a switch here. I need to treasure the things of God. I need to understand that God owns it. God controls it. It's all His. And I need to be glad about what God has given to me. And I need to be grateful for all that He's done. And I need to be generous with what God has given to me. Because whatever I am willing to do and give, God will always give me more. And there's a lot of people, a lot of Christians who doubt this. Well, I can't afford to do that. I can't afford to give. I can't afford. I don't have enough as it is. Hold it. God owns it. If you'll use it well and right, God will supply all of your needs according to His riches. I need to grow in this ability. I need to grow in what God wants me to do. So here's what the Bible teaches. Luke 16, 10, Jesus talking. You know, Jesus talked a lot about possessions and about money. You do know that, don't you? A whole lot about it. 
If you're faithful in little things with the little bit that you've got, you will be faithful in the large ones. In other words, you're setting a precedent, a pattern. But if you're dishonest in the little things, in other words, God says, look, you better not be dishonest with me. I own it. If you try to cheat me, you'll pay a price. You won't be honest with greater responsibility. Oh, yeah, I would. If I had more, I'd live differently. No, you wouldn't. And if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? That's a big verse. If you don't handle the material things that God has placed into your life, if you don't manage life well, the things that are tangible, why should God give you more things spiritually? Because you won't manage them well either, will you? If you're not faithful with other people's things, (laughs) who's the other people? God. It's all His, right? If I'm not faithful with what he owns, and he owns it all, why should be trusted with things of your own? Why should I give you more? No one can serve two masters. You'll hate one, love the other. You'll be devoted to one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. You can't serve God and have money as your treasure. Now that's not a, if it's hard to serve God. It says you can't. Why? Because you have a treasure that will take your heart and it will take you away from God, won't it? Answer's yes. Matthew 25, 29 those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. You see, God will say, I'll give you a little, let's see how you handle that. If you handle that well in a way that pleases me, and recognizes that I'm the owner, and you do, and you're grateful for what little bit you've got, and you're glad to do what is right, and you're generous in the midst of it all. I'll give you more. But if you become stingy, if you begin to take ownership of it, if you think you it's yours and you can do with it what you want, you will have less. And God wants to give you more, but he won't give you more if you're irresponsible or have the wrong treasure in your life. Well, I'm just happy what God wants. God doesn't want to give me any more. I don't need any more, God. Yes, you do. What you're saying is, God, I'm happy with what I've got. Now just leave me alone because if you give me more, I'm going to have to work at being generous with other people and I don't want to have to do that. Our destiny is determined not by what we possess, but by what possesses us. We don't allow fear to control us. We give God what is rightfully His. We give it away. We don't play it safe. We give it away. 
And we continue to grow and grow. And as we grow, God continues to give and to give. And as we get received, we continue to give and to give. And it's the great cycle of life. And most Christians live far below what God wants to give to them. Because we don't manage well what we have. Because we have a wrong treasure. And where our treasure is, our life follows. So I need to glorify God in everything I do. Glorify God. God, I want my life to honor you. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Galatians chapter 6. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature have the wrong treasure will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. You'll never have life. You'll never have enough. You'll never be in a place where God can use you. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. Hebrews 11.24. Boy, I love Moses. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He chose to follow God even when it met suffering rather than enjoy the treasures of Egypt. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking forward to his great reward. What's that reward? He had laid up treasures ahead of himself, hadn't he? And so today, a very simple question for you. What do you treasure? What is it you value? What do you find your life going after, seeking after? What has your attention? What is it that keeps you from doing what you know God wants you to do because you don't think you can, because you don't have enough time, you don't have enough money, you don't have this, and so you make excuses? Where is your treasure? Because wherever your treasure is, there's your heart. There's your life. And God says, I own it. It's all mine. I want to share it with you. I want to bless you. I want to use you. I want you to be an influencer in my, this world. But don't get your, th- your mind and your heart on the things of the world. Don't treasure that. Treasure the things of God. And God will take care of you in every way. So would you take a moment between you and God and say, God, okay, what is it in my life that I've tended to put in front of you because I value it? I want it. And I need to change that. I need to fix that. So would you just take a moment right now? God, here I am. Help me. Show me.
Lord, today the greatest treasures are not the things of this world, are not the things that I think are really important and matter, unless I think what is really important and what really matters are the things of God. So God, I treasure your word. I treasure your presence in my life. I treasure the life that you call me to live. I treasure you above all else. God, there's a constant battle. There's a lot of treasures out there that we can be influenced by. And if we're not careful, we'll follow them and our heart will follow it. And before long, we'll care more about that than we care about God. So Lord, would you help us to keep our treasure where it needs to be and understand that you are the greatest treasure in life. Thank you for showing us what really matters. Let our treasure always be you so that our heart can follow after that, I pray in thy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.